Welcome to the Australian Weight Loss Surgery Podcast, where every two weeks we explore all the aspects of the weight loss surgery journey. We'll hear from a range of experts, including bariatric surgeons, psychologists, patients, and dietitians, sharing up-to-date, informative advice to help fast-track your long-term weight loss success. Welcome back to the Australian Weight Loss Surgery Podcast. My name is Jackie Lewis and I am the clinical nutritionist for BN Multi. Today joining me, I have a specialist plastic surgeon, Carmen Mantineau from Victoria. Welcome, Carmen. How are you? I'm very well. How are you? Thank um, you for inviting Thank you for coming along. It's brilliant to have you here. I'm sure our audience have got a lot of questions that you um, provide the answers to, so I'm excited to have you here. Tell me a little bit about your practice, Carmen. My practice is located in Melbourne. I'm a specialist plastic surgeon with uh, more interest in body contouring after bariatric surgery and after weight loss involved in that, as well as um, our share in general plastic surgery, as in uh, skin cancers and hand surgery. Thank you. That's It's a fascinating field. Our um, weight loss surgery patients, it's certainly an area of interest after they lose such rapid weight loss and, and such huge amounts of weight. They are often left with excess skin, which is also contributing to them, you know, not reaching their weight target because the skin actually itself is in effect part of, of the their face. overall weight. So what procedures are basically your specialty? Is a very, very complex question. Mm. Thank you for that. I'm not sure where, <laughs> where, where to start precisely. So first of all, bariatric and so post-bariatric or post-weight loss surgery, because not everyone is going through the weight loss through a bariatric procedure, through a surgical procedure, but weight loss patients can, can also lose weight uh, on their own account with diet and exercise and I'm sure you guys are playing a huge role in that and and a huge uh, support for them. Now uh, it is a totally different uh, and highly specialized area of the body contouring the post-bariatric because the deformities and uh, both uh, functional and psychological that these patients are are suffering from and the subsequent problems are quite different and quite complex. So uh, sorry I hope we don't stop on to the deformities in a in a negative uh, way. It is about identifying the issues basically uh, related to to this type of uh, weight loss. So we are. What are we doing? Uh, basically, we are being approached by by patients in various stages of their weight loss and uh, weight loss journey. So we can be. Uh, I, I can be approached by patients by obese patients sometimes surprisingly enough, even referred by their GPs to resolve through liposuction in inverted commas, what would be uh, their obesity. And then our role in those circumstances is mainly to educate them about the, the very complex nature of their condition, about the potential morbidities and, mortal, and increased mortality rate that they suffer from, and to educate them as into what would be a few avenues for them to take in order to achieve a much more uh, healthy lifestyle. Another another point in their lives where we can be approached would be uh, sort of halfway through. So they started losing weight. Let's say bariatric surgery are probably the most representative group in this category. So they're starting to lose weight and then they plateau at some stage, partially to do with their inability to uh, deal with excess uh, localized fat as well as skin, partially to do with the weight, as you said, of the, the residual tissues. In which case, again, our role can be to help 
them uh, progress through that stage and and reach the, the uh, stage that's closer to their ideal weight or uh, can be to just educate them and it encourage them and um, play uh, parts good part of the multidisciplinary team that is involved in their weight loss and in this case all these patients are being best managed by a multidisciplinary team mm. that is the solution to to a, a good result and that would include from the bariatric surgeon but also is the dietitian is the psychologist is there sometimes the bariatric physician sometimes an endocrinologist and us the plastic surgeons which have to be involved at various stages so in this context for instance patient approaches us we we have to determine which stage they're in do they need to be referred back do they need more encouragement do they need a bit of reassurance that they are traveling okay so there are various various uh, function of yeah, function of what they, uh, what stage they're they're in. And we, uh, we always say about obesity, it's certainly a complex, and, and even the undoing of that is also a really complex um, method as well. So it's working out kind of where that person is at and what their needs are at any given time. Is there a certain time after the rapid weight loss that you? feel is a more common um, juncture for them to explore having this, the excess skin removed? Is there a period of time that they need to have maintained their weight loss or is there a certain criteria that the patient needs to meet? And so once the patient has meet, met their ideal weight, is that the time for the skin removal surgery? What are the criteria that a patient would need to meet at that point? So yes, that, that is true. So that is that would be another group of, of patients and that is the ideal circumstance in which they approach us um, to sort of help them finalize the journey of the weight loss and that is when they've achieved close to or at their ideal weight and they would be ready for for the next stage which would be body contouring so in saying that it is that that excess whatever they have uh, either skin or skin residual fat disposition uh, or malposition of the tissues that is that is basically what uh, what can be done at the end of towards the end of the journey and mm-hmm. the advantage of that another good advantage of that is that that shows uh, that that helps them maintain the weight loss and uh, there are studies that demo- demonstrate that so once the patient becomes a bit more involved in their appearance in their final stages of their journey they tend to retain the weight loss the study is actually showing more than 50% of the patients that have oh. uh, completed their journey with plastic surgery are more prone to maintain the weight loss that's really interesting point isn't it and it it, what do you think the links are there is it more that they've gone through and that that is a complete kind of journey right from the beginning to the end and and kind of how it would look is it more about the life that that's being offered to that person now the the flexibility of being you know able-bodied and um, unencumbered by excess weight and excess skin that's left behind do you do you know what the facts are on this so there there are these patients are very complex patients so it would be very very difficult to uh, get all all the facts in in one single phrase however if we're thinking that the uh, the deficits are functional to start with so 
our uh, patients that have had uh, weight loss, majority of them will have a, a deficit, uh, for instance, in uh, in their back, uh, will will carry weight in a different in different ways, the extra weight, the extra skin, which would, would um, uh, imbalance their uh, strength and their ability to carry themselves, to carry the, the weight they have, uh, as ideal as it might be, in a functional way. Another thing is appearance. So they have, these patients, a good number of them have had the weight for a very long period of time, some of them all their life, and uh, they, they don't know it any other way. So they reach a certain weight. They, they've done the weight loss, okay? I, uh, they knew that that was a, a huge problem for their health. So they've done the weight loss, and now they want to look normal. And what's normal? And what's the new normal? And some of them are very disappointed, especially the ones that were not advised at the beginning of the journey by the bariatric, by the psychologist and by other team members, that there will be consequences to that. And they uh, they don't understand uh, some of them. They say, I still feel fat. I'm looking at all this extra skin and extra fat, and I still feel fat. Where is my weight loss? Everyone says mm. that I look so good and I don't feel looking good. So it's the appearance. And another thing is self-confidence. It's uh, the psychology of these patients is so complex. So they have suffered, again, from the, from discrimination, from um, anxiety, from low self-esteem, from uh, depression, from uh, lack of uh, motivation all their life, and getting these facts together and and uh, treating them uh, the way they should be treated, the way they expect to be to be treated, and achieving mm. these points, it, it's a it's a big step in their life. So some a good number of them will say that that's life changing. They feel that they're different people. They feel that they've got their lives back and starting again. It must be wonderful to see that end result for you. Um, and we see a lot of patients in the groups that we are in and even our group posting their before and after photos when they've had this intervention. And it is quite incredible that they go from, you know, having that excess, the apron or the arms and that sort of thing. And you can see that it does normalise things for them and it gives them that new lease on life to go and try a new, you know, different sport or, you know, just not have things moving around when they're being active. I think is a huge contribution to their confidence. Are there risks involved in these kind of surgeries? What do you find is if there are, of course, any surgery attracts risk, but I'm looking at from the perspective of a bariatric patient, what sort of risks are involved with the body sculpting? So to answer the beginning of your of your question, it is very rewarding to look after these patients. Mm. It's very, it, I personally see that as a, as a great opportunity and I, I'm grateful that I can be part of their lives. They, it is a very special time in their lives that they are gaining, they feel they're gaining a part of a segment, a portion, uh, as you said, ability to play a certain sport or to wear a certain type of clothes and, and things like that uh, back. So I think it's not, so for me, the, the rewarding part is the journey. Yes, mm. I am very satisfied when I can achieve this result or the other result, but not not necessarily the result is the, is the journey, is the being part of that journey, which is that part of their lives in which they've achieved. They have, I start my consultations saying, congratulations, you've done an amazing job because they have. You have yeah, to acknowledge absolutely. them. And then 
then I, I'm only helping. I'm only a little piece in, in, in the puzzle that helps them achieve the last bit of, of goal. To answer your question, of course, it's surgery. It's, it's surgery and it's extensive surgery. And it's long. Some surgeries are very long. So mm-hmm. My surgeries are between two to three hours to five, six hours. That is because I don't want to extend them much longer. And the reason being back to risks, not only that, yes, there are risks associated with these procedures and uh, even more so these patients are fragile patients mm. they have they have suffered from obesity which even if they don't suffer anymore that leaves a number of, of things to, to their health their team usually but us as well are testing them for a number of uh, of nutritional checking the nutritional possible nutritional deficiencies and then they have the bariatric for instance patients have an induced good number of them an induced malabsorption uh, which causes again a number of nutritional deficiencies Correct. not everyone is, is super fit and, and super healthy even if they are now post a certain amount of, of weight loss so mm-hmm. the approach has to be much more gentle much more cautious and much more careful because the complication rate is actually higher than in body contouring population and the procedures associated with that are different so it does take a, a good level of, of expertise to, to do that so having said that we tend to evaluate these patients so we cannot reduce we cannot eliminate completely the risks but we can reduce them so we 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 sort of appreciate the risks we uh, see how we can reduce them to a maximum and then we try to stay away i try to stay away from super risky and uh, uh, procedures and from extending surgical times unnecessarily to try to keep this uh, this um, problems under control and so at the end of, of of my my conversation with the patients, what I frequently say is that I cannot promise you not to have complications, but I can promise that I will help you every single step of the way. So yes, there are risks and complications associated with this procedure. It's pretty similar to what it is in general population and in general mm. surgery from bleeding and infection to general complications or minor wound dehiscences and, and um, everything that, that comes with that. But we are taking great detail um, into the healing process. That's what can help into reducing them. Yeah, of course. And I've actually read some studies on that, the supplementation and nutritional, in inverted commas, fitness prior to surgery is a real key for recovery and reducing that risk of implication. And I know you screen, of course, for those sorts of things. Is there things that a patient can do themselves in that way to prepare themselves if they are undertaking uh, the body contouring surgery are there recommendations that they might follow for you know getting ready for that kind of situation and, and help with their recovery and healing so apart from being as close to their ideal weight as possible yeah uh, which and having that having had that weight for a, uh, a stable weight for a good period of time the minimum of six months i'd say that it will have to to be there but i i tend to evaluate the patients quite carefully in terms of their weight journey Mm-hmm. because the fact that they have lost now weight close to their ideal weight that, and maintained it for six months, that doesn't necessarily mean that they're there. So I think there are a, a few other criteria that have to be considered, such as emotional, psychological, previous weight journey and weight variations and things like that. In terms of optimizing, the way I would look at that would be surgery is like running a marathon. You have to prepare for this marathon. You 
You cannot mm-hmm. just rock up and, and expect to run it. So yes, it takes a lot of time to prepare for that from increasing your level of fitness to increasing your ability to heal, your body ability to heal and, and deal with a big hurdle and a big injury. The surgery is a big injury. Correct. It's controlled environment and well prepared, but it is a big injury. So if mm-hmm. they're not prepared for that, then um, if you fail to prepare, you prepare to fail. I always say that. <laughs> and, yep. you know, I think it's um, to be as in a healthiest position as you possibly can is what is a key to that recovery period. What else, what doesn't help recovery times? Have there have been things that you see um, sort of come up on a regular basis that if the patient does experience, a, you know, a setback in their healing times or, um, you know, they're not recovering as well as you would like them to, are there things that stand out to you that this group may have in common? So again, nutritional deficiencies, because preparing for, for surgery would mean to correct any possible nutritional deficiencies and also start supplementing, actually increasing resources, the body resources in, in terms of building up. We all also smoking. Smoking mm. is a big one. Big one. So smoking, yeah, I, I actually don't operate on any smokers. Uh, and we're actually doing a lot of tests to to make sure that that's un, all under control. Mm. So impairs healing in a patient that is already impaired in healing by definition. Correct. Any anything that we can add to improve, not uh, reduce in terms of healing would would be beneficial. Mm. Um, increasing the level of fitness, and uh, that is in the view of the general anesthetic, but also in the view of the fact that after surgery they will take uh they will undertake a period of less exercise a bit of deterioration controlled if you like and uh, predictable but nevertheless it is a deterioration so they have to be ready to have uh, that step down something in reserve you know before they actually start because there'll be you know rest time and muscle atrophy and that sort of thing in the recovery times what just on recovery time how long is it before you see a patient is up and around after a body lift for example so the approach will have to be graduate so there is not i won't tell you six weeks time and then they can exercise Mm. the approach is each patient will have an individual sort of trajectory what i want is to identify what's their pattern of uh, exercise and fitness and how soon we can return to their habit in in a gradual manner so a majority of my weight uh, of my body lift patients will start walking one week after surgery, mm-hmm. more or less, uh, progressively more, uh, increase as tolerated, but under our supervision. So we, we're basically seeing the patients on a regular basis and, and discussing with them and monitoring progress and uh, also monitoring progress of their healing, monitoring progress of their fitness and, mm-hmm. and taking them to the next level. Progressively, then they can start, for instance, doing upper body exercises, lower body exercises, function of what, what works for them and what also motivates them because the psychological implication of, of recovery in, in recovery, it's it's quite significant. So we also always have to consider what the patients have to do to it's, maintain their mental sanity. Absolutely. And it sounds, you know, listening to you and the things you need to bring to this situation, it's such a skill set. It's delicate, it's complex, and it's, you know, it's people's lives in your hands. It's fantastic to see how holistic that approach is. And I'm sure a lot of the listeners will be really, you know, it's it's they, they are 
um, handing over a lot of responsibility, they've got themselves to a certain point. But to hear just what goes into these decisions from a surgical perspective, it's it's um, it's careful and it's considered, and I think it's you know very holistic in a lot of ways as well. Thank you. That's yeah. No, it's I I always enjoyed this unraveling of the surgical story because it's I think surgeons overall are such a unique group who do bring a lot of care and a lot of consideration and um, and a lot of responsibility every day. So um, I'm always a bit um, starry-eyed when I'm uh, discussing these sorts of subjects. I think it's fascinating. And so with the body lift overall, what is involved over like as part of the surgery? I do see some patients have, you know, different surgeries done at different times. They might have arms, they might have their legs done, they might have their tummy and their breasts done. What deciphers, you know, which parts you tackle at one time? Is it the health of the patient that you're looking at and the risk of multiple surgeries? Um, could you give us a bit of a background on to how that put, is put into perspective and into a picture for a patient? So patients approach us for a number of, of reasons. But let's say if we are to consider the most, the, the, a patient that has lost globally a lot of weight and uh, is looking at a bit of a global, what can you do for me in this moment? I have lost 50 kilos, 100 kilos, and that's where I am. So there are a few things that can guide our decision process. So first of all would be the issues, but also the perceived issues. So it is very important what the patient perceives as being, as needing some help and some improvement. So uh, generally they can have uh, associated skin and um, residual fat deposits around their body, upper body, lower body, legs, arms. Uh, the uh, very um, sort of simplified approach to a patient that would have a global lipodystrophy, a global um, loose tissues and, and loose skin and, and fat around their body would be approaching the lower body. And this is what is actually a, a, a body lift, a so-called body lift. The, low, the body lift that actually involves the lower body uh, improvement, which means the abdominal part, the flanks and the back. Mm -hmm. And that has an impact on thighs, on the anterior thighs, the the front of the thighs, the back of the thighs and the lateral of the thighs, not on the uh, inner part of the thighs. Uh, So that that actually gives the the biggest improvement to to their body. So if someone just approaches us and doesn't know where to start, that's probably the first recommendation because it's a it's a quite a radical change and some, some patients can't even foresee that. So they, they are looking at the photos and, and the media and, and, but they can't see that on themselves. And this is sometimes the, the most rewarding part of the, the of the procedure. And not, so separate if we had to approach it like very simplistic in three stages would be lower body, upper body, which involves chest, breast, uh, arms. And uh, another one would be legs, which uh, in, in my hand works better if it's done separate from the body contouring in itself, from the body lifting itself. And fairly frequently, these patients might need little revisions and little touch-ups here and there. And in in our practice, that's how we do it. Actually, we're doing one, two, three stages. And in the third stage, we try to incorporate little touch-ups. So in such a way that we 
we sort of finalize in three stages. Having mm. said that, this is a very general approach. It's function of what the patient wants at the mm. end of the day. So I have patients that have said, don't worry about my tummy. I'm absolutely fine with that. What I worry about is my arms because I want to go to that wedding. I want to wear those clothes and so on. So we can, as in we assess the suitability for a certain part of surgery, a certain type of surgery based on everyone's mm. priorities. We're not Correct. a... Yeah, we can't determine that in a very stiff and yeah, case by way. case. Yeah, and when you do the surgeries uh, one, two, and three, how far apart do you space those interventions? In again, theory, it's dependent, but in theory, all going okay and uh, patient recovering well. Function of which surgery goes first? You can have just few weeks apart. Few weeks. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking more uh, eight, ten than. <laughs> than less having said that in reality is probably never any earlier than three months right so it's a fairly transformative transformative time you know it's a a short period of time where they would see this grave change it's um, it must be very fascinating to watch on that a lot of our patients ask in our group and they they know that loose skin is a risk generally of weight loss surgery and it's dependent on of course how long they've held that weight for and genetics and uh, you know different contributing factors the big question we get for people who are scoping to have weight loss surgery there are two big ones they're very concerned about hair loss and the second one is the loose skin and what can I do to prevent that as best I possibly can you know in the rapid weight loss stage do you know of any secrets that uh, patients can try while they're going through that rapid weight loss or is it just part of the package that um, there's you know simply not that much that can be done in the as it happens I wish I had a magic wand <laughs> I'd be lining up just, for the magic wand. <laughs> I wish I had one to just stop things from happening. So a few things contribute to that. So the initial um, weight gain and the BMI, mm. body mass index, the uh, way the fat was distributed and the quality of, of the tissues and right. not in the last place, the the weight loss or weight gain journey, the weight journey. Mm. So multiple patients that have lost weight multiple times and a good number of them have yo-yoed up and down and they've stretched that that envelope, if, if you yeah, like, not stretch those once. tissues, uh, stretch them again and uh, and then stretch them again. And again, it's, it's a very rapid aging. So that's mm. basically what, what it is. So can you stop aging? No, not really. You can try to slow it down. You can try to optimize it, uh, but you can't stop it from, from happening. So just sort of concrete support, what to educate the patients with be uh, wear some garments, healthy lifestyle, mm. not just that surgery. So nutritional deficiencies being corrected as we go and having that health in mind. So Forget about the weight, just think healthy. What am I doing healthy? Uh, In terms of skin directly, uh, vitamin E plays a a big role. So using vitamin E to increase the skin elasticity and the skin nutrition, uh, as well as sometimes garments of some description to to help help support the tissues that are descending, Mm. yes, with weight loss and and fat loss. That's a good point. I think the, the less pressure that is you know, when this skin is loose and if it's left hanging, that's then gravity can take charge of that, can't it? So the more we support that and um, control it, would you think there'd be less of that further deterioration because there's pressure on the tissue all the time when it's left draping? 
correct. So mm. it's, it's, we can't beat gravity. That's the only way we, we can do it. Yes, we've tried. Uh, when, so, when we come up with that device, we'll be wealthy, yeah. So the only way is support and beat, beat in inverted commas, gravity this way, as in yeah. by providing support to the tissues that are already super stretched and, and super affected. Yeah, correct. And this is from my point of view, nutritional point of view, is looking at what are we made of. We're made of protein. We're made of nutrients that support cellular replication and um, the integrity of the skin and that's um, the basis of that is our collagen and protein as much as we talk about protein after surgery as being relevant for a number of different reasons it also helps to promote healthy skin and and stronger integrity of the skin vitamin c is the precursor to collagen so all those sorts of things and i think we do see this the collagen powders are a huge hit in the weight loss surgery community not only because they're easy to take and they're not bulky and that sort of thing but they also support the skin health as well we're not saying they're magical, but um, any little bit of help to, you know, promote that healthy tissue is a good thing. And that's where that nutritional standpoint comes into it, even prior to surgery or in the lead up to having more surgery. It's all those immune supporting nutrients that help to abate that sort of out of control inflammatory response, which will help your healing and your recovery times and that sort of thing. So yeah, having all your nutritional ducks in a row is a great thing to do anyway for a healthy life. But if you're queuing up for another intervention and um, surgical intervention, it's certainly important to make sure that everything's there to, you know, promote that recovery, which is fantastic that um, you're a big supporter of that. So it's, yeah, it's a nice way of understanding and helping the patient to understand that nutritional perspective and that surgery is not a magic wand. That, that, that's correct. And that's why I, we really value the multidisciplinary aspect of uh, of this process, which is a mm. process, is not, it's not a, a destination. So I always check with my patients, are you seeing your dietitian on a regular basis? Yes. When did you see them last time last year okay how about we try to see them a bit more often and how about mm-hmm. we paying them a visit now because uh yes that's where I, i'm grateful for that they're getting specialized support from all perspectives yeah um and from from each of their specialists yeah absolutely and tell me about the patient experience the feedback you get from of course observing this journey and i can hear that it's um it is quite an intimate relationship you would build with a patient from the start to the finish because it's so closely monitored and you would see them and form relationship I would imagine with a bunch of them and do they feed back to you that you know they have these unexpected surprises that the surgery and the outcome of this new body brings for them it's not you know they might have gone in with one idea of thinking like you said I'd like to you know wear that dress to that wedding but are there other things that they kind of accidentally uncover that are positive about the um, re- the new shape of the body? So as uh, as I said, uh, well, one of the most important parts is that improvement in self-esteem and mm-hmm. self-confidence in vitality, in the motivation to maintain their weight loss. It's, um, uh, it's also, for instance, in body contouring and, and abdominoplasties and the extent of that, uh, the body lift or the 300 
360 abdominoplasty. Uh, it's the whole, the whole re-establishing, the whole integrity, functional integrity of the support structures. So mm. if you imagine that you have a big sling that goes from the front and that involves the abdominal musculature and continues with the pelvic floor muscles and with the back muscles, that is significantly impaired. So as a result of that, patients experience um, problems such as back pain, such as uh, a degree of incontinence, a degree of constipation, gait can be affected. So all of these are not necessarily the primary reasons for the patients to contact us, mm. but they, the, the functional impact of that is quite significant. So yes, that's one of the, the things that are, we're being, uh, we, we tend to explore this. I tend to explore that with my patients from the beginning. So do you experience any of these symptoms? Do you think your back is a problem? What sort of problems have you got with your back? I'm not fixing the back problems. Mm. I'm not fixing the constipation or the incontinence, but there are studies and we have done as plastic surgeons significant studies in that regard. It is a significant improvement in the quality of life with this, uh, under these aspects as well. Yeah, that's nice, isn't it, to have that? And you don't realise until it's gone away, you know, just how much energy and you know, uh, management. So you know that, you know, you're going out for the morning and you have some incontinence or you have a sore back and it's your every day. And I think a lot of people start to just absorb that as their normal, but it's, yeah, I think we don't notice it until it's gone, like what life could be like. And yeah, these lovely offshoots of um, other extrinsic benefits. It's, it's brilliant. And, um, I've just, yeah, it's been a fascinating conversation. Thank you so much for your time. It's always interesting to get such a, you know, in-depth understanding of how it all works. And I'm sure our listeners are busting to hear this one. So um, we'll share all of your contact information in the show notes so people can feel free to reach out to Carmen and um, explore these other magical offshoots and benefits of the skin removal surgery after weight loss surgery as well. So once again, Dr. Carmen, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Thank you very much for the invite. Thank you. It's it's absolutely my uh, my honour to look after these patients and be of any help and support to this community. I really hear that from you and it's wonderful. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for listening. And just before you go, we would love to hear your feedback. So please give us a rating and review. For other interesting topics of conversation and inspiration, come and drop into our Facebook community at BN Bariatric. If you've enjoyed our podcast, we hope you will share on your Facebook or Instagram and hit subscribe so you'll never miss an episode.